the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends who have joined us for this live stream worship service. Welcome. It's good to be able to worship the Lord on this beautiful day that he has given to us. Certainly, it is a privilege for us to come to the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whom we serve as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The title of the message today is Easter Transformations. Easter Transformations. One of the best-known stories of the Christian faith is that of Easter. It is too important a story to just spend one Sunday in the year talking about it as we did last Sunday. So I decided to take another Sunday to focus on some of the things that were transformed by Easter. Easter changes things. It takes the shameful and turns it into glory. It takes despair and turns it into hope. It takes the weak and makes it strong. It takes death and turns it into life. It transforms things, time, life, and death. And I'd like to take those in order. First, things. With respect to things, I want to talk about two things that Easter has transformed. One, the cross. The cross in the time of Jesus was an extremely torturous and shameful instrument of death. No Roman citizen was ever allowed to die by crucifixion. It was reserved for foreigners, slaves, criminals, and insurrectionists. Philippians chapter 2 7 and 8, Paul says, when he, Jesus, appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and had a criminal's, died a criminal's death on a cross. When Paul says that Jesus died a criminal's death on a cross, he means that Jesus died the most shameful death of the ancient world. Crucifixion was more despised than any other form of death. It was considered to be far worse than being stoned to death by an angry mob. 
which was far worse than being thrown into a flaming fiery furnace. It was far worse than being chained in a pit of poisonous snakes and far worse than being stabbed to death with a sword. Dying by crucifixion was a slow death, a very slow and drawn-out form of public humiliation and a lengthy form of intense torture, sometimes lasting for a day and even days before the victim eventually died. At the time when, when Christ was crucified, the cross was the worst death that could ever be inflicted upon another human being. When the early Christians confessed that their Lord had died on a cross, the response was usually very negative. Paul describes a reaction to the message of the cross in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 22 and 23. He says, Jews ask for miracles and Greeks want something that sounds wise. But we preach that Christ was nailed to a cross. Most Jews have problems with this. And most Gentiles think it is foolish. But the light of Easter morning transformed the cross for those who believed in Jesus. Its stigma has been removed. Its shame has been lifted. The cross is no longer a symbol of shame, but a symbol of glory. It is no longer a symbol of weakness, but a symbol of strength. It stands as a symbol of God's victory over sin and the place where men and women, boys and girls, can find forgiveness and salvation. Paul, therefore, could say in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Paul again uh, writing to the Corinthians, says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, For while I was with you, I made up my mind to forget everything except Jesus Christ, and especially his death on the cross. And in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, he writes, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Easter transformed the cross from a thing of shame to a thing of glory. Since the first Easter, the cross has been the source of real inspiration to believers facing frustration, to believers confronted with crises, to believers enduring physical pain and affliction, and to believers living under extreme stress and pressure. Nothing else has had such an effect upon so many for so many different reasons, as the cross of Jesus Christ, and all because of Easter. But then, let us look at the tomb. Easter transformed the tomb, which was the most awesome symbol of our mortality, weakness, and death. The tomb was the prison from which no person could ever go free. There were other prisons from which men and women could escape, but no one could escape from the tomb. It was there that death was king and reigned with undisputed power. Some women made their way at the break of day to the tomb on 
Sunday morning early, only to discover that the tomb was empty. And Matthew tells us in chapter 28 and uh, verses 5 and 6, then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. The tomb was transformed that Easter morning. It was no longer the indisputed domain of death. The tomb was under a new authority, under the power of the living, reigning Lord of life. When Christians looked back upon that tomb, it was a symbol of God's mighty power over death. Easter transformed the cross and the tomb. But Easter also transformed time. It transformed two days, Friday. If we had been at the scene of Jesus' crucifixion, we would not have called it a good day. The effects of blind prejudice, arrogant pride, aborted justice, and sins of the human heart were darker than the darkest night. The one man with pure, unmixed motives that earth had known was put to death on a criminal's cross. It was a day when evil seemed to have won a complete victory. Nature seemed to be shocked at what it saw, for darkness lay upon the earth from noon until 3 p.m. So what was good about that day? It seemed to be a day totally in the grip of evil, yet we call it Good Friday. What made the difference? Easter. The light of Easter morning fell across that day, scattering its shadows and driving away its darkness. In that light, the day looked so different. God was there in a way he had never been in any other day. He was judging the evil of mankind and absorbing in his great love the sins of human beings, even the sins that nailed him, his son, to the cross. That terrible Friday was God's day when he was breaking the back of evil, healing the wounds it had inflicted and overcoming the alienation it had caused between man and God. The worst day of history became the best day, Good Friday. It was that day that Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, where Isaiah says, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And so we can say today, thank God for Good Friday. Then there is Sunday. 
This was on another day that Easter transformed. It was the first day of the week, Sunday, when Jesus rose from the grave. It had been a secular day, but within a generation of the resurrection of Jesus, it became a day of worship for Christians, the most sacred day of the week. Scripture doesn't use the word Sunday, a name associated with sun worship. Instead, the early church spoke of Sunday as the first day of the week or the day after the Passover. Luke tells us in in Acts chapter 20 and and verse um, 7, on the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. And then a young man who was on the third floor, sitting on a window, fell asleep and fell to the first floor. And, and he was picked up as dead. His name was Eutychus. And Paul was able to bring him back to life. And it is said in the scriptures that Paul continued to speak until daybreak. That was a long sermon, if there was ever one. <laughs> Easter is what made Sunday the Lord's day and why the New Testament church gathered on this day. Today we gather to worship our resurrected Lord on Sunday, the first day of the week. We meet in the assurance that our living Lord is in our midst, as he promised, that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he is right in their midst. But uh, the third thing that we need to look at is the human life. We would be surprised if Easter changed things and time and left human life untouched. The disciples of Jesus once dreamed of power, glory, and victory, but Easter morning found them withdrawn from the world, locked behind closed doors. They were weak, frightened, and disillusioned men. All strength and hope had left them. Then the risen Christ appeared in their midst. And under the impact of Easter, something happened to these men. Their weakness gave way to strength. Their doubt gave way to faith. Their despair gave way to hope. Their cowardice gave way to courage. And their narrow nationalistic vision gave way to vision for the whole world. What a transformation. There's no better example of an Easter transformation than Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. He met the resurrected Lord along a dust road on the way to Damascus to persecute Christians. He hated Christians with a passion and was determined to destroy the new faith by persecution, hauling them off to to prison. He was a brilliant, gifted, and intensely devoted Jewish rabbi. But when he met the risen Christ, he was transformed from a persecutor of Christians into a follower of Jesus Christ. He was now willing to become one of the persecuted. He hated that which he had loved and loved that which he had hated. 
his life was totally transformed and was perhaps the greatest Christian in the first century. He wrote 11 of the letters in the New Testament. The Easter message was taken by disciples into a world where life was cheap and hard for the masses of poor people. The message of a risen Christ gave a new value and dignity to their lives. Those who thought of themselves as being worthless were told that through Christ they could become children of God. And as John said in the scriptures that was read for us uh, earlier, in John 1, 13 and uh, 11 through 13, Jesus came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. As a result of Easter, nobodies became somebodies. Generations of poor, ordinary folk like you and me have placed their trust in the resurrected Christ and have discovered that they no longer have to bear the burden of their past sinful life, that they no longer have to stumble around in spiritual darkness, that they no longer have to lie awake at night worrying about what they have done wrong because they heard the message that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And they no longer are an instrument of Satan to be used at his discretion. Today, praise God, many of us can testify that where there had been fear, now faith is in control. That where there had been sadness, now joy abides. Where there had been despair, now hope stands firm. Where there had been defeat, now victory marches. And where there had been revenge, now love thrives. That is nothing less than a miracle made possible by the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave. But finally, Easter transformed death. We live in a, in a world of death. Nature dies, men and women die, and the things we create with our hands and minds will eventually perish. There is a terrible grimness about life. We all must die. If we are born, we are going to die. But thank God, the meaning of death was transformed by Easter. Those who stood in the early morning of the resurrection saw that death was not the end. Death brought its tears and grief, but there was no longer a sense of defeat. Christ broke the claim death had upon humanity. The good news is that we who trust in Jesus Christ never need to fear death. By his resurrection, Christ delivers us from the fear of death. Listen to the note of triumph in the words of the Apostle Paul, which he expressed in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 55. Death is destroyed forever in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your pain? You see, death is not the end. 
There is life beyond the grave. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 19, Because I live, you will live also. And in John 11, 25 and 26, when he was speaking with Mary at the death of her brother Lazarus, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. And all those who live and believe in me will never die. Or one of these days, these mortal bodies of ours will go back to dust, but our resurrected Lord will not leave any fragment of his people in the hands of death. The hour will come when the trumpet shall sound and those who die in the Lord shall be raised from the dead with bodies like that of our resurrected Lord. We have buried many believing loved ones and friends in cemeteries across this city, across this nation, and across the world. We have wept as we have committed them to the silent clay or the uh, crematorium. But they are not lost. Not one of them is lost. No baby chosen by God to see heaven will be lost. No young adult taken in the prime of life will be lost. And no senior citizen taken at the end of a long and fruitful life will ever be lost. The Lord keeps careful record of all whom he has bought with his precious blood and not one of his children will be lost to death and the grave. On that resurrection morning, when we are summoned to meet the Lord in the air, all those Christians who are buried beneath cement and stone will rise. All of those Christians buried in submarines and ships will rise. All of those Christians whose bodies were cremated will rise up to meet the Lord in the air. And as the Apostle Paul said, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You see, soon and very soon, the last battle will have been fought. Soon and very soon, the last tear will have been shed. Soon and very soon, the last burden will have been borne. Soon and very soon, the last pain will have been suffered. The last problem will have been solved. The last trouble will have been encountered. And the last grave will have been dug. What radiant joy awaits us in the place called heaven, where there is life without death, peace without strife, love without limits, truth without any deceit, safety without any fear, and comfort without any pain, as well as joy without any sorrow, health without any disease, and worship without any rush. Oh, my heart resonates, and I hope yours do too, with the hymn writer who says, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. 
Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.